Welcome to the Married People Podcast, where we help you make marriage real, fun, and simple. Each week, we have honest conversations about one simple thing that can make your marriage better. Because when your marriage is better, everything's better. I'm CJ, and I've been married to my wife, Terry for almost five years. We don't have kids yet, but we will probably soon. And sitting around the table today, we have... Afton Phillips, who is our resident newlywed. Thank you very much. My name is Afton. I've been married for a year and a half to my husband, Hudson, and we have two dogs, and we I have one stepson who is 13 years old. And we have our 22-year marriage veteran. He's an author, speaker, and director of MarriedPeople.org, Ted Lowe. Hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, I've been working with married couples for a long time. I've got three kids. I have a 17-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 12-year-old, and been married to Nancy Hoblitzel Lowe mm. for the last 22 years. Which one of your kids is your favorite? Which one of my kids <laughs> is my favorite? Depends on the day. Mm. But we let them know we're only keeping two of them. So okay, it's this yeah. constant angst to be good two enough. Two max. Yeah, two max. That's so healthy. Just, I like just it. So you know. Together, we are excited to be launching this brand new podcast, the Married People Podcast. And before we get into what this podcast is all about, we love to tell you what this podcast is not because honestly, when I hear marriage podcasts, a lot of things come to mind and a lot of things that are sometimes not awesome come to mind. So, Afton, what is this podcast not about? This podcast is not just for my mom and dad's marriage. Um, when I think of married people podcast, I think like very heavy drapery on windows, right, like burgundy right. and like plush forest green carpet. Right. Lots of tassels on pillows. A lot of fake foliage. <laughs> right. And that's not what this is. All right, Ted, what else is this podcast not? I'm not sure what that means after, but I, I, I kind of do. It's the scary part. I've been hanging around <laughs> you long enough. Uh, it's not just for couples who are in crisis. Yes, this will help couples in crisis, but it's not just for those couples. And it's not just for couples who are perfect. Yeah. And it's not just for couples with kids because I don't even have kids yet. So it's not just for couples with kids and parenting advice, right? You don't even have a dog, CJ. I know. I've got plenty of family members with dogs (laughs) in our extended family. So we're good there. And it is not just for adding another thing to your to-do list. That's right. Hopefully it'll be an enjoyable part of their day and not just another thing that's tough, right? Another thing to add to the fridge grocery to-do list. We don't want any more of those in our lives. And it's not just for resolving an issue. People can get so caught up in this one issue that the issue becomes more important than the marriage. We're going to kind of talk about that. Mm-hmm. And it's not just for fixing your spouse, though it might eight, like 80% be for fixing your spouse, right, Ted? No. No, no, no. This is, we're only speaking, people that are listening, we're only speaking to you, not your spouse, because isn't it so easy? (laughs) You hear these great things about marriage, you think, oh, my spouse really needs to hear this. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to- I think about that while we're talking now. When I'm speaking, I'm thinking of what he could be doing. (laughs) And we're going to turn that ship in a little bit of a different direction, right? So, so Ted, we've talked about what this podcast is not. What is this podcast then? What what is this podcast really going to be all about? Yeah, I think of this as like marriage help to- 2.0, where it's a little bit different than what we've experienced in the past, where we feel so overwhelmed by so much information. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to, each week, we're going to take a look at one question, just one question. Yeah. And the answer hopefully will help every marriage, regardless of where you are. If you're, if you're really struggling in your marriage, you know, this will be great for it. If you're kind of surviving in your marriage, you're kind of living with roommates a little bit, it's going to be great for that. But even if your marriage is doing great, 
then it's also going to help it continue to do great. But again, just looking at one thing with one helpful thing yeah. that's going to help. And I am so excited about the one thing today, the one question we're going to be talking about today, because this this is a question that I know Terry, my wife, and I have talked about a lot. When we see couples in our lives who are struggling or, or just hear about you know like friends or relatives that are struggling in their marriage, like we always wonder, like, what what is it? What happened in their marriage? What makes a marriage you know, thrive, what makes it good, what makes it bad. And that's what I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about this, Ted, because I know you've been working with married couples for 16 years now. And so the question we're looking at today is why are some marriages good and others bad? So Ted, why are some marriages good and others are struggling? Yeah, well, Ted, tell us. Tell us. Just tell us the answer. <laughs> yeah, really quick. Well, we're going we're gonna to get to that, but I think the thing that most people, when they start thinking about marriage, and a lot of them don't even want to think about it for this reason, the tension is that people are overwhelmed by what it takes to have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. When they think about it, they either put their you know fingers in their ears and go, la, 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 because it's, I can't, I don't speak this language that I'm hearing. When That's I me. T- talk, <laughs> yeah, people do. It's like, oh, and they feel like if I rip the Band-Aid off, I might bleed to death kind of thing. <laughs> okay. uh, and they're, they're afraid, or they feel like, you know, they've heard some marriage podcast or some kind of instruction and they go, wow, that is a language that I don't speak. I don't right, live yeah. in that world. Uh, and then I think people have heard, you know, the things that we've all heard, which, you know, what are some of those things for you guys? You know, what's really interesting. We got married a year and a half ago. And when we announced our engagement, I was shocked by how many people came to me and were like, <laughs> congratulations, but this is going to be really hard. (laughs) And like, not even any like rainbow at the end of it. It was just like, Hey, I'd like to come in and be your like little dose of reality check while you're extremely happy right now. (laughs) What do you, why do you think people feel the tendency to do this? Like what's the, what's behind that? Cause I don't think it comes from a bad place. Where's it coming from? They're jerks. (laughs) I I just always, I I mean, I remember those moments. Like, yeah, people say, oh, you know, to have a good marriage, it's going to take a lot of hard work. And they're, like you said, it's a reality check. They're trying to like prep you for something and you have no idea why or how they're prepping you for something. Right. They're like, it's just going to be really hard. Yeah. Bon voyage. And you're like, what does that mean? (laughs) What does it? Well, that's just it. They don't tell you what it means. It's like they walk up to you, go, hey, need to let you know, you've got a really bad disease. Right. <laughs> and then they just walk away. And you're like, I guess that's helpful. I don't know what the disease is. Don't know what to do about it. And so it's we hear that. And I, I think what they mean is it's, it's going to take a lot of hard communication, which is the other thing we hear. Oh, you've got to have great communication. You got to have hard, difficult conversations that right. you don't want to have. It's what I think that they're meaning by hard work. But they don't even tell you what communication means. Like you hear that so much in the marriage space. Got to like have you, good communication. But, but yeah. defining that and, and being like, well, I, I text my wife throughout the day, and then we talk about our days at the end of the day. Is that good communication? I have no <laughs> idea. Or maybe we need to be sitting on the couch holding hands longer, talking about what we had for Staring lunch. Staring into know? each other's eyes right. a lot longer. Right, right. With right. lots of can- well, and that's the thing. Even some of the communication skills like reflective listening some of the research on that's a little bit sad it's like the you know reflective listening so what i hear you saying to me nancy is do you think i'm a jerk is that right yes that's right so and what they've come out with the research is you know even couples that counselors say deem them as okay you understand how to do reflective listening which is a good skill to have but what they found is six months later they don't have the skill 
hmm. anymore. So then they're like, ah, uh, even if we get these skills, and again, I don't want to slam any kind of technique that's helpful for people. At the same time, when that's the whole answer to marriage, mm-hmm. that's a little bit scary, especially when you've got people that, that aren't great communicators or they don't want to talk. You know, and, and another thing when it comes to like, why are some marriages good and bad? Something that's actually like really scary to me is I feel like a lot of times people are like, well, we just don't have good chemistry. And like, that is really terrifying because obviously at some point you thought you did have good chemistry right. and you married this person. And then 10 years later, you're like, well, we just don't have chemistry anymore. Oh, and I'm like, changed. You know, we're we've different changed, people we're different, now. And, and so now, now we have a work. bad marriage. Yes. Yeah. And like that's terrifying. So as like, long as what we like, control over that, do as long you have? as we keep the chemistry going, yeah. then we're going to have a good marriage, right? Yeah, right. And and I think people see the chemistry uh, as a you know very cosmic. It's this thing that floated together, and we found each <laughs> other. We've got this great, great chemistry, and we've heard all the, every songs about chemistry. Every you know every movie, romantic movies about the chemistry. And so there's no wonder people think, hey part of marriage or part of finding each other, at least, is this chemistry. And they've actually done some pretty fascinating uh, neuroscience on this stuff is they will actually run people through MRI machines who are, say they're in the infatuation stage uh-huh. while showing them a picture of, they call it the beloved, which I know Afton <laughs> hates Love that the word That's beloved. That's an adorable word. Well, so they're showing go them. Go home and call Hudson my beloved. My beloved. My beloved, will you please make some coffee? My beloved. <laughs> so they show them a picture of their beloved, but they're running them through the MRI machine while showing them a picture of their beloved and something amazing is happening. The frontal lobe, which is where all long-term reasoning and planning lives, greatly mm. decreases in activity. Okay. So it's like, I'm not thinking anymore, man. Oh. And, but here's the crazy part. While simultaneously, three areas of the brain light up like a Christmas tree. And it's the same three areas of the brain that light up when someone uses cocaine. So I always say, <laughs> hey, when you met and fell in love, you weren't really in love, you were stoned. <laughs> because you think about this whole thing of like... It's this infatuation stage where we say, hey, do you want to do life with me forever until one of us dies? Like we convince another person to do that. So it's a little bit of a crazy notion, marriage. And so we get married, but couples, once they're married, the chemistry changes, right? The so, frontal lobe so why comes- is that? Just reality sets in or what, what, what causes those changes? You know, I don't know if I'm smart enough to answer <laughs> that question. I just know that, that it changes and it starts, the frontal lobe comes back together and they start, you know, what was fascinating is now irritating. It's okay. because you saw them on the toilet now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nancy, you know, I used to leave my keys. Now your frontal lobe works again. <laughs> right. Your frontal lobe is working again. This, oh, it's, it's, there it is. Yeah. Like when we were dating, the fact that I would leave like my wallet on top of gas pumps was really cute. To her, oh, he's like a little boy. <laughs> That's Aww. precious. That is precious. It's not so funny when I leave her kids on the top of gas pumps. Right, right. But it checks back in, and then people. Here's the scary part. People think when the chemistry changes and that thing happens, that something's wrong. That we don't feel like we feel before. And it's not that you don't have these great moments and you don't have these butterfly moments or these really thankful moments when you see each other. I mean, still, I mean, I. When I see Nancy, she's so beautiful to me. Like, mm-hmm. that's never, ever left. And I don't think it's going to leave. But people start getting scared. And it, some people even feel like, well, I chose the wrong person. Once I mm. really got to know them, now we don't have this chemistry. And right. they literally leave over this thing that they feel like, I need this feeling. And then they connect with another person. Right, right. Now they're back in that infatuation stage, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're thinking, oh, here it is. I just picked mm-hmm. the wrong person. So it's, it's really dangerous. But it's one of those things where... We don't need to get too hung up on chemistry. I do want to say it makes me like the tiniest bit sad 
that mm-hmm. like oh the infatuation thing only lasts for like a little while like I want to like have the butterflies forever do you still have the butterflies yeah 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 do you still have butterflies but I'm today? only a year and a half in yeah, you're yeah, five years yeah. in <laughs> yeah I mean but see th- when you asked me that question like my initial gut reaction is to be like well yes of course but because it it does feel like oh if I don't have that <laughs> then I must not be having a great marriage you know what I mean right. but that's not the case my emotional attachment to my wife and the feelings I have it is very different than you know when we were you know six months you know before we got married you know what I mean right. like it does change and, and you know Terry would say the same thing yeah and it doesn't change to bad necessarily especially if we get this thing you go, it's now that was that phase. And then you move into another phase that's richer because now you have the history of the infatuation. And now you have this, we're we're living the reality of this and we're taking care of each other and we're protecting each other. And so we can make that really great. And it's part of your story, but it doesn't mean something's missing. I mean, there's definitely still emotional moments for sure. Marriage of its very essence is emotional. So there's not like you're not going to have emotions. In fact, those emotions actually get a lot richer. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I start thinking about in 22 years of marriage or even, you know, at two or three or five, think of all the things you go through as a couple, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the wedding, it's the funeral, it's the tough times, it's the finances, it's, it's parents that maybe got sick. You go through these things together and it's just so rich. I mean, they did a, a, a study that they highlighted in USA Today where they, were tracking with couples who were on the verge of divorce, and they tracked with them for five for five years. And here's what they found: it's fascinating. At the end of the five years, the couples that reported the highest level of marital satisfaction were the ones who had reported the highest level of dissatisfaction when they first started the study. And what that actually means is there's something that happens when we go through tough times together. Yeah. And so it's a beautiful emotions are not they're not a bad thing. They're just different from this chemistry, if that makes sense. Sure. You know, Ted, it's funny because we'll go on BuzzFeed and take those quizzes that are like, which friend's character are you? You know, and like Hudson will get Ross and I'll get Rachel. And I'm like, what does that mean? Mm. Because like they went through a lot, and I'm not sure how compatible they are. Right. Well, you guys, what, as millennials, you know, compatibility yeah. for a lot of couples, that's what brought them together. That's how they found each other through compatibility tests. And I don't think those things are bad at all. I mean, if you find each other through compatibility, that's great. It's just not strong enough to sustain you. There's going to be days when you're yeah. not compatible. That, isn't that like what online dating is all about anyway? Like, hey, you fill out your profile and right. you check all of these boxes and then they match you up and now you're compatible. And like, you know what I mean? Like, right. so we're, we really are a generation that is so focused on whether or not you're going to mesh well together. You know what I mean? Right. We Absolutely. rely on that a lot. Well, I think character trumps compatibility every time. And I think that's where we are. That's a good, that's a line from my buddy, Ted Cunningham. And it's just, I think that's where we are. It's okay. So what does that mean? If it's not compatibility and if it's not chemistry, if it's not hardware, if it's not communication, you know, what is it? So compatibility, chemistry, communication, hard work. We throw around these these big ideas and we, you know, kind of going back to our question, like why are some marriages good and others bad? I know at least I tend to look at those big things and like, well, that is going to determine whether or not your marriage is good or bad, whether or not you're kind of hitting these categories or not. So Ted, if that's not the answer, kind of how we're, you know, dissecting this here, what is the answer? What is the answer to whether or not a marriage is good or bad. You know, I think the thing, and again, we want to do this every episode. I think the hopeful thing for everybody listening is, yeah, those categories are important. 
And there's things to be learned there, and there's studies behind those things. But at the end of the day, I think that the truth is good marriages are made up of micro moves in a good direction. Bad marriages are made up of bad micro moves in the wrong direction. What I mean by micro moves is these small day-to-day interactions when we're texting each other, when we're calling each other, when we're deciding what to have for dinner, when we're deciding how to deal with a kid, when it's someone's birthday or whatever those those little things are. That marriages that are good have figured out that these small moves really, really, really matter. I mean, if it was the grand gestures that made marriages great, mm-hmm. then you know Valentine's Day, we, you know, we could knock out all the romance, we could knock out all the intimacy in in a day. We know that doesn't work. Yeah. If it was grand gestures, then Hollywood would have incredible marriages, right? If it was great vacations and and those big moments, that would be <laughs> yeah. great. But it's not that. And even for celebrities, from celebrities to people who are really struggling financially, it is truly these little everyday moves. So it's not these gigantic, you've got tremendous communication skills, or you are you guys are just 100% compatible. It's the tiny little things. Yeah, it's too theoretical. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, it's not the big theory of, uh, you know, of health and wellness. It's about, hey, you go for a run today. It's about this, you know, making the right move on this meal today. And so I think it's the thing, same thing relationally. And we can watch these little things happen. And we all, we've all seen them. So what I want to ask you guys is what is a small thing? And we're going to, again, mm-hmm. we're going to call them micro moves. So what is a yeah. small thing that your spouse has done lately that has mattered to you, that a listener might go, really, that wouldn't matter to me, but it's really mattered hmm. to you. And here's the reality: it only has to matter to you. <laughs> but give us an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for us, Hudson will sometimes like get one of those like little cutie paper cards that say like "I lava you" with like a <laughs> volcano on it, and he'll like write like a little sweet note inside that says something sweet and like "Oh, I'm so glad we're married" and blah blah blah. And then he'll like hide it under my pillow mm. so that I find it at night, like especially when he goes out of town and stuff like that. And it means it's like a really small thing, and it kind of sounds stupid, but like it it means a lot to me because it's something that's not. Like the unloading of the dishwasher or the folding of the laundry that like we are going to do anyway, because it just has to be done for survival. Mm. Like it was like an extra thing. He was like, I'm going to do this extra thing and go like just the tiniest bit of an extra mile Mm. to make you feel loved and like I care. Yeah. It's, you know, we say extraordinary, but it's the extra on top of the ordinary. And that's these things don't have to be huge. But we do all these ordinary things. We do all the have to's and sometimes we don't do the get to's. And that's a get to Mm -hmm. that mattered just him acknowledging, oh, and it was just, he didn't have to do that, right? And it mattered. What about you, CJ? So, Ted, are you saying, and I'll share my, okay. one in a minute. So are you saying, like, a good marriage is made up of those moments and, like, a bad marriage is characterized by the opposite of those, that kind of a thing? Well, and I think you think about it. Yes, a card matters, but it's also a look across the table that matters. It's a, it's a pause that matters. It's the I'm going to unload the dishwasher that matters. It's the I'm going to put gas in your car that matters. It's that I'm not going to get frustrated with you, even though you're being very frustrating that matters. Right. But I think those little things kind of set you up on a different trajectory Absolutely. for that day mm-hmm. or even just like the next app. Like if I get one of those, yeah. if I get one of those cards, it's like. Well, now I'm, I feel loved and I'm acting different for the rest of the night because I feel like I've been valued. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. And, you know, they beget each other, you know, that one begets the other. 
and they they do they build on each other and there's some it's deposits in the bank these little things are little deposits because bad things are going to happen and then you have something to draw from hmm. yeah that's good yeah well for for me so Terry is great at the micro moves thing, you know, and one of the best examples, uh, at least this week, is that we meal prep on Sunday night, right? And uh, you know, we prepare all of our lunches for the week. Well, Terry prepares all of our lunches. And then CJ the shows week. up at work with his little <laughs> Braves lunchbox. Yes, go Braves. Filled with all of the sandwich materials he will need for the next five days. Right. Well, because I, you know, we don't construct the sandwiches you know, at home because right. then you get to work the next right. day and it's soggy. And we right? get the pleasure right. of watching you construct your sandwiches. Right. So every this day. was meatball sub week. So like the meatballs are in a container with sauce, then we've got the cheese in a baggie, and then we've got the bread in a bag. Again, you combine yes. them all, then you just have a, a little soggy tiny sub. mayo, a little tiny mustard. Uh, well, I don't got... put mayonnaise on yes. a meatball sub. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. So, but anyway, so the micro move that actually did matter to me that I thought about when you know you brought this up is so we bought. Publix rolls. So Publix is a you know a shopping center here in our area. Grocery store. Or, yeah, sh- grocery store shopping center. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Uh, so and the the bakery rolls at Publix don't come pre sliced, and I knew that when we bought them. But when I got to work on Monday at lunch, so I put everything in the, you know my my lunchbox, took it to work, and started unpacking it, and realized that the rolls were sliced, and I had a couple of rolls for the next day's lunches as well. And I realized that at some point, you know, between that night when we packed lunches and when I left for work, she went in and sliced all of the rolls for me. And that was a big deal because we only have butter knives in our office. So, and I didn't think ahead enough to remember like, oh, if I don't cut these beforehand, I'm going to have to like do that weird, like just pull it apart with your fingers thing. And that's just not a recipe for a great meatball sub. And so I just, and I told her that, that, that when I got home that night, like that was awesome. That was really thinking ahead. And it was a really tiny way for Terry to show me that she was thinking about my day, yeah. you know, the next day. So CJ, are you saying that micro moves are as easy as sliced bread? <laughs> that's I the name of this episode. That's, that's a, that's, yes, yes. Marriage exactly. is easy as sliced bread. At least when it comes to, to, your. to right. my micro moves or Terry's micro moves okay. toward me. Well, and so... I know some of our listeners are going, really, you know, Hallmark cards and sliced bread. But yeah, Hallmark cards and sliced bread, because it is it is these moves toward each other. I came in, looked on my computer the other day and Nancy at, at work had just put a post on there and said, I love you because you're my favorite. And again, I'm words of affirmation guy. It just kind of mattered. The day's kind of busy. You're going a million miles an hour. And all of a sudden it's just this great pause. And when you think about the person that's listening right now, they're really, really hurting. And they're hearing sliced bread and they're hearing right. notes. They're probably maybe pull the car over and want to puke a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but here's, no, I hear you. But here's what I know for certain after working for, with couples for a very long time. These small moves matter. And when we start getting distant with each other, we not only drop the positive micro moves because what? They don't deserve it because hmm. I'm angry. Yeah. You slice the guy's bread I'm angry yeah, with. That's I so cert- true. I certainly don't buy a card for somebody that I'm frustrated mm-hmm. with. So they stop the positive and they start the negative. Mm-hmm. And, and they also, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, they also jump to the, well, it must be these big things. It must be our communications yeah. wrong. It totally. must be where, that's the moment you go back to those big pillars that are like, we're incompatible. And then I you're think. way too overwhelmed to even start to think about what that means. Right. Right. And they can start doing these moves instead of being overwhelmed by the gigantic pillars. 
I want to encourage people that are struggling right now to take a move toward their spouse. Mm-hmm. What would happen to the spouse that you've been fighting about the same thing over and over and you just paused it and you said, you know what, maybe we're not ever going to see eye to eye on this. Or you're, you're struggling and maybe you do buy a car today or you're struggling or you do one acts of service towards each other. You know, you think about a couple that there's a lot of tension and he or she gets, you know, she gets in her car and there's, you know, gas in the car for the first mm-hmm. time. He hasn't done that in five years. Yeah. You think about the, waking up. He hasn't made the bed. He expects you to make the bed. All of a sudden, the bed's made. And it's these little bit of moves. The other thing, it's sm- so small. It's when couples are really struggling. They stop the small things like manners. They stop using manners with each other. The <laughs> thank yous go away. The pleases go away. And that matters. I mean, you think about how that matters at work. You think about how that matters with a total stranger to go, okay, start giving some more of your best Yeah. To, That's to your so spouse, true. make you know, make that move. Be the relationship hero. Like, go ahead and swallow your pride because at the end of the day, we say we've said this at the beginning. We will say it again. It's when marriage is better, everything's better. Yeah. It's better for our kids. It's it's better for our health. It's better for our families. It's better for our work. Better marriages make everything better. So, Ted, let's just drill down and make it super practical. So we kind of talked about these micro moves being, you know, one of the biggest factors in whether or not our marriage is good or a marriage is is bad. What is the thing we need to take away from this conversation then? Absolutely. And each week we want to do that is we want to help people to pick one simple thing. We're going to encourage you to do one simple thing this week. Uh, and the one simple thing this week is pick a micro move. What is your micro move towards your spouse? What's it, what's it going to be? And just thinking that through. And one of the ways that I feel like we can help people decide. Yeah, because lo- there's a lot, a there's lot, a lot of <laughs> things that could come to mind, right? Absolutely. And that's great. If somebody's got, you know, they may go, hey, I know what mine is instantly. When you were talking about it, I, thought, I know exactly what I need to do. For people that need a little bit of help kind of processing, there's four moments throughout the day. There's four intentional moments throughout the day that, that matter. And we want to ask listeners who are kind of struggling to find a micro move to pick one of the following. These moments are when you wake, when you depart, when you return for the day, and when you go to sleep at night. They're just pick one of those moments. You know, the number one time couples are fighting is at the end of the day when they return, when they reconnect. You know, they walk in, hey, my day was awful. Well, you think your day was awful. You ought to have heard my day. And they start getting into this Mm. competition on it. A lot of people find that, you know, maybe it's sleep. A lot of people really, really believe you need to go to bed at the same time, or you need to not have a television in your room, or don't turn it on for certain times. Like to pick those micro moves. What is that one time during the day for the next seven days that you're going to kind of change your behavior? You're going to have a micro move at that point. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You want me to do mine? Yeah, sure. Go for it. All right. Well, my micro move is going to start with a short story. <laughs> <laughs> a micro story. I, I wouldn't expect story. anything else, Afton. Once upon a time. Hudson, my husband, was out of town. He okay. was at Comic-Con okay. in so, California. <laughs> so I know when this happened. So this is very pretty recent. Pretty much like yeah. five days ago. Okay, yeah. And he was there, and he was having a great time. I was at home so lonely with my one dog, you know, just <laughs> very lonely. Which, which and your I, son. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah, and my stepson. <laughs> right. So, and you need to tell everybody what your dog's name is, because I, I love this. My dog's name is Maybe. Right. But it's not spelled Maybe. It's like, spelled M-A-E-B-Y. Right. Which is very, 
very fun to get postcards from the vet because it says maybe it's time for your next vet appointment. <laughs> and I put that on the fridge and kept it there because I laughed every time. That's amazing. Uh, maybe, maybe get off the bed. Maybe, maybe it's time for your go next outside vet appointment. Yeah. Come here, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that is my wonderful dog, maybe. And I am a dog person, big dog person, love dogs so much. I have an alert set up so that I get an email whenever certain breeds of dogs come within a 25-mile radius of my house for adoption. One such email happens to come through last week when Hudson was out of town, (laughs) to which I jumped in the car with my stepson and adopted the dog. <laughs> while, while Hudson's while in Hudson California. While Hudson is in California. Also, my phone died like oh. halfway through this experience. So I was okay. like, Whoa. I literally like sent him a picture of the dog. And then he, w- <laughs> he said, and I quote, do we really need a second dog? <laughs> and I said, that sounds like permission. Adopted the dog, brought the dog home. <laughs> Side note, the dog is a mega dog. It is a horse. It is a <laughs> old English sheep dog. Like that's at already least seven years 55 old. 55 pounds. Years old. Yes. Oof. Age does not matter, CJ. <laughs> right. I just, you didn't, you didn't adopt a She puppy. is a well-established, mature right. dog. Yes. Yes. And ado- adopted the dog, brought her home. Don't have a name for her yet. So right now it's maybe a new dog. Hudson <laughs> has historically in our marriage always gotten up with maybe to let her out in the morning because it's early and she needs to go potty. And I don't like to put my bare feet on the outside right. because it's dirty <laughs> in, the, in the morning. Right. So Hudson does that. So my micro move this week, in conclusion, <laughs> to end the story, my micro move for this week is to be the one to get up and let the dogs outside in the morning. To let the dogs that, that the dog... Yes. That you adopted yes. out instead of Hudson. That's right. I'm just making will sure your micro move is to take, my pride to take the dog and take out care that of my adopted. own dog. Okay. <laughs> instead of <laughs> making Hudson do it. That's correct. Okay. Uh, it's a small it's a small move, CJ. <laughs> but that's what I'm willing to the, do. The smallest of moves. <laughs> it's the micro of micro moves. It's a little borderline irrational, but we're going to roll with it. We're going to give you that newlywed mulligan card a little bit. Thank uh, you. But listeners, you should know we're working hard with Afton <laughs> on the side. We love her. There's She's going to get there. Happening. And you know, they're going to watch you. They're going to listen to you. I'm going to get so mature over the course of this It's going to be amazing. I think you're already mature. I'm more mature. It's like from the start of this episode yes, to now. Right. I agree. Yeah. I'm like a seven-year-old sheepdog already. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm mature as a seven-year-old <laughs> and just as trainable, right? Right. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Love it. CJ, are you going to tell us your micro move? Yes, it doesn't come Does with... Does yours have a story? It doesn't come with a wah, story. Wah, Sorry, <laughs> listeners. I have not adopted any new dogs this week, so I'm sorry. Um, but my okay. micro move is... Over the past couple of weeks, I've noticed that there's been a little bit of tension when I walk in the door at night. So that's kind of the moment that when you're walking through. Because, CJ, 5 o'clock to 6.45 are the sassiest hours of the day. Mm. Right, Ted? Yeah, they must be. (laughs) Studies show they're the sassiest or brassiest. Sassiest for girls. Brassy for guys. Brassiest for guys. Those are the brassiest hours for you, CJ. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, you mentioned the four times throughout the day. So the returning home at the end of the day. And it's not really tension. You know, I use that word, but it's just like it could be better. 
right? And so when I walk in the door, I'm usually finishing up, you know, kind of trying to transition from work mode to home mode, finishing up the text messages, sending that email, reading it one more time, sending it, that kind of a thing. And Terry's mentioned how I'm still kind of like on my phone when I walk Mm. in the door. And I know that it would matter to her if I was more intentional with those first, you know, 20, 30 minutes when I walk in the door. Right. Um, because when I get home, she usually pauses if there was Mm. something on TV or, you know, she stops, you know, walks away from the stove or whatever, you know, whatever she was doing and wants to chat. And so my micro move is when I walk in the door to just immediately go put my phone on my desk and just leave it alone for 30 minutes and just let that, that 30 minutes be the time for us to chat without the last pings of the day. We need... That is so powerful and the absolute perfect example of a micro move. People walk in on their phones or texting. It is communicating something macro. And it is, yeah, I've been gone all day. It's so important to me. What I've been doing all day is so important to me. I'm going to let it leak into what little time we have at night. And it just matters when people say, oh, it can't be these little things. It's these big things. You're like, no, it is a combination of those. And so we had a dear friend of us, uh, ours, when we first got married, he said, don't be on cell phone with each other in the car, Mm. which is now one of the things we do with our kids. Even our kids will go, just answer the phone. Who cares? You know, because they know that that's our rule. So. So you don't even, you don't talk on the phone even with your kids in the car? No. Wow. No, it's, it's, this is our time. And they, you know, now that they're teenagers, they don't want to talk to us anyway. So they're just, <laughs> please pick up the phone so you don't try to keep asking us questions. But for us, hopefully the payoff would be, you know, they chose us over other people. And that's the thing. That's what it's saying. I'm choosing you over work. I'm choosing you over anything else. I'm, cho- I'm choosing you. Hmm. And that's why those, that's why those matter. Um, my micro move this week is going to be, my wife is very, very responsible. There's strength finder, you know, yeah. tests that we've all taken mm-hmm. about here's how you're wired. She's off the church responsibility. Here's the deal with responsible people. They're so responsible and all the benefits of that. But for her, when a question is asked of her, she feels responsible for, for whatever it is, whether she is or not, whether yeah. that person's asking a question for her to be responsible for or not, she feels it. And so I've noticed there's, you know, I've got three kids asking her where everything is. In this house, she does, and she does, she's like the Siri of where our stuff is yeah. in this house. <laughs> she, she knows where stuff is. And so I, my micro move is going to be not to ask her where anything is for a week, which is going to be really, really hard. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because she it's just so quick for her, and yeah. it's so hard for me. Like, I can't yeah. find stuff. Well, Terry's the same way. She, like, she does know where everything is. I think women have, like, this, like, kind of sixth sense of, like, can, can just, like, feel in the house where everything is. Because I have that, too. You have that, too? Yeah. I know. I know if something's, like, in the trunk, in the attic, in a box. <laughs> Inside of a Tupperware container. Right. <laughs> that is, that would, we got to look for studies on that because yeah. it's just true. We do. You do. It's like a spider sense. But it it's, is a it's spider sense. It's more It's a wifey special. spence. Sure. Wife, wifey sense. We'll, we'll brainstorm some names. Yeah. yeah. Or then that's not the one we We'll just left. keep thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> wifey sense. Okay, yeah, we're going to need to brainstorm. <laughs> so, Ted, before we wrap up, do you have any other micro move suggestions for those that might be trying to figure out what theirs would be? Because I know we just discussed our three, you know, but it can be hard to figure out what you're going to do, right? Yeah. And I think it depends probably where they are. Yeah. It's going to be if they're in, having a lot of tension, 
it might be as easy because couples are having a lot of tension. They only talk about things when they're angry, which is the absolute worst time to do it. Just even what's going on in your body with cortisol and stress. And we, you know, we get to the end of these arguments and we go, I can't believe I said that again. It's because our body is kind of set up to lose. But when you kind of take this neutral moment, like hopefully people right now, they're not in the middle of angst with their spouse, is to take this neutral moment to maybe send a, a kind text or an apology. Hey, mm-hmm. you know what? Sorry, I've been so stressed and I've been taking it out of you. I'm so sorry you don't deserve that. Or it is coming in, going, then walking in and dinner's ready. Yeah. You know, and it can be some of the classics. Maybe you send flowers to work, whatever that thing is. But if you're stressed out, I think words become very, very important at that part. Yeah. And anything you can own of it, we can see again, it's so easy for us to see where they're they're wrong. Mm-hmm. But what of yours can you own? And yeah, let them great. know that you own it. Yeah, that's you know, great. Whatever those things are. It's, you know, again, it, it's text. It's it's being more affectionate. If your spouse is really affectionate, it's, you know, maybe when you walk in the door at night to make that time, walk up, make out for 30 seconds. And <laughs> unless the kids are uh, after the, the guy at the table, well, we'll make out for 30 seconds unless the kids are watching, then make out for 60 to make them want to pee, right? <laughs> But it's, uh, see, she's more the. You are really more the guy. I'm a the little cringy. You're a little cringy. Okay, but for some people, they're not cringy on yeah, that. That would be a big deal cool for them to get a little kiss when they yeah. walk in the door, or just acknowledge them again. It's like you were saying, CJ. Like you stop what you're doing and you acknowledge them when they walk through the door. That could be a huge thing. Yeah, and it could be a question. How you doing? Like, how you doing? Feels like you're stressed out. Or like, what is one thing I could do to help you this week? Mm. Yeah, well, that was great. This has been a really great conversation. And Ted, I just, I thank you so much for bringing your wisdom and insight and your 16 years of experience to the table. I know I'm walking away with some, you know, we do think of marriage good and bad. You know, it takes these huge, huge, huge pillars, you know, the communication and the compatibility. And it's honestly a relief to realize that it has less to do with that and more to do with these small moments that I can yeah. I can do something about. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I do have the opportunity to send my marriage in the good direction with these smaller steps. Thanks for joining us for the Married People Podcast. We hope that today's episode helped you realize that marriage is a little easier than you think. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, leave a review on iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, because your review actually helps us make this podcast better and get these conversations in front of more people who need to hear them. And finally, for more great resources to make your marriage better, check out Ted's book, Your Best Us. Check it out. You can find it on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. And visit our website, marriedpeople.org. There are more great resources there for you as well. And join us for next week's episode, where we'll be asking the question, why do we have serious fights about silly things? And until next time, I'm CJ. I'm Afton. I'm Ted. And thank you for listening. Thank you.